0: So I have to start off and say this. I am greatly indebted to uh, a mentor, a professor, and somebody who I still read often um, for this message, and that's Eugene Peterson. Um, hugely influenced my life. His writings hugely influenced my life. His, his being a pastor hugely influences me, and, and much of what I'm going to share comes from a combination of of a class that I had with him, as well as a book called mm-hmm. a, uh, a Long Journey in the Same Direction. And I highly recommend that book by Peterson if you have not read it before. It's really, really great. Okay, so enough about Eugene. I want to talk about another guy. His name is Carl Bart. How many of you, many many think that it's Carl Bartha, because his name is spelled B-A-R-T-H, but it is Carl Bart. So... If you take a seminary class and say his name wrong in class, your professor will correct you quickly. No, I did not experience that firsthand, but um, yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I should say I did did experience it firsthand, but it wasn't directed at me. Anyway, (laughs) so Karl Barth, he is truly considered one of the greatest theologians of all time. He was a man who was blessed by God, and he was a man who blessed God. His mind was incredible, and the prolific of his prolific nature of his writing was just staggering. He wrote, get this, a six million word, seven thousand page, twelve volume work. Yeah, yeah, right. Before he was. Or <laughs> six mil—just one work. It was six volumes on church theology, church dogmatics. Six million words, seven thousand pages, twelve volumes. He wrote at least fifty other works of considerable length—not quite that long, but of considerable length—as well as um, hundreds of scholarly articles. He was a pastor. He was a teacher. He, for those that have described him, who knew him, just said he was an amazing person to be around. But what's great about him, too, is that he didn't take himself too seriously. He took God really seriously, but he didn't take himself too seriously. Like, in other words, the guy knew how to joke around and how to laugh and how to enjoy life. Like, oftentimes you think of a theologian and you think of some guy in a stiff-necked collar that's all proper and can't really engage anybody except for the scholarly crowd, right? I guess that he was very down-to-earth, very easy going, very easy to get along with. One story that I've heard from his life, as a matter of fact, Eugene talks about this in the book that I mentioned earlier. He said that he was um, on a bus in Basel, Switzerland, where he lived and where he taught. And somebody walks in that was obviously a tourist— and sat down next to him. And Bart, at this point in time, was a very, very well-known theologian. And so he strikes up a conversation, Bart does, with this tourist. And the, uh, the tourist, um, he, he asks him, uh, Bart does of the tourist, he's like, so, uh, you know, what are you hoping to, to see while well, you're here visiting our lovely Basel, Switzerland? And he says, uh, well, As a matter of fact, you might find this strange, but I'm really hoping to see the great theologian, Karl Barth, right? And he says, do you know him, right? And Barth replies, well, yes, I shave him every day. (laughs) And the man, I guess, went away satisfied, able to tell his friends that he met Barth's barber. (laughs) Isn't that great? <laughs> I, I think from how I understand it, the story it just ends there. Like he never was like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. He's just like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see Bart? No. Well, no, but I, I met his barber and he was a nice guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm. I've heard other similar kinds of stories of Carl Bart. And again, he was a serious, serious man about God. He was passionate about God. He was passionate about helping people discover our Savior Jesus and help people think deeply about this God that we know who reveals himself to us, who loves us, who rolls up his sleeves and gets involved in our lives. He was a man who was overwhelmed with joy. He was overwhelmed with peace. He was overwhelmed with the peace and the joy that comes from being blessed by God. Have you met Christians? Have you met Christians? (laughs) Just going to stop there. Have you met Christians that just feel crotchety? Like... (laughs) 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 yeah yeah anybody have anything they want to confess we're good (laughs) (laughs) but i grew up around a little bit of this hence why pastor bruce had to remind people they could come to the table and share in god's goodness and smile because too many times Christians don't understand that God wants us to laugh. He wants us to have joy. I mean, he wants us to be real about all the different experiences that we have, right? He wants us, though, to experience joy and sorrow. Right? If something is going on terrible in someone's life, we can join in sorrow with them. But we can have hope to know that one day maybe the, the joy and the laughter will return. It's important. It's important. I love the pictures of Jesus that you don't see him that often because usually he's got the stoic look on his face, right? The real Western Jesus, long flowing hair. But I, I, I love, there's a few images out there of, of Jesus with a big smile on his face. I bet you that guy, I bet you, <laughs> that's a weird way to talk about Jesus. I bet, bet you that guy smiled more than anybody. Because he knew how great his father's love was for him. One of those images is of Jesus as he is allowing the little ones, the children to come to him. And he's got his arms outstretched. Many, some of you might have seen it before. And he's got this big grin on his fish his fish, his face. Just ushering in. <laughs> just ushering ushering in this little one to him. Oh, some 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 don't get what it means to be blessed by God. Some simply understand being blessed is something that leads you to kind of fold in on yourself. Pursue a type of holiness that doesn't allow you to laugh. That doesn't allow you to experience joy. That doesn't allow you to even dance maybe if you feel so led. They pursue a type of holiness that's really not very holy at all. It is that stiff-necked anti-joy, stick in the mud, no peace, no joy, no happiness. They don't get what it means to be blessed by God, which is really what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about being blessed. I want to talk about blessing, about God blessing people like Abraham, about people being blessed, about, sorry, about people blessed by God like Abraham Blessing God. That's a weird thought, isn't it? Have you ever thought about whether or not you should be blessing God? The psalm I read for us earlier tells us to bless God. And I want to talk about people blessed by God who bless God, and part of blessing God is blessing the people around them. We're in Hebrews. I'm going to read some Hebrews for us. 6, chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless Abraham stuck it out and got everything that he had been promised. When people make promises they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that there is there so if there is any question that they'll make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. But God wanted to guarantee his promise. He gave his own his word a rock solid guarantee. God can't break his word and because his word cannot change the promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promise, promised hope with both hands and never let go. I promise, he said, that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. God blessed Abraham and blessed and blessed him. And if you followed Abraham's life through the scriptures, you discover an awful lot of different things happening in his life that you wouldn't necessarily define as blessing, right? Maybe not by some of our definitions and our ideas of blessing. But God is with Abraham through everything he journeys through. With everything that happens to Abraham, God is with him. God somehow, some way, turns different situations around for Abraham. And he does that in order to show Abraham how he wants him to bless the world around him. Because this is why God called and blessed Abraham. He made this covenant with Abraham that he would make his descendants as numerous as the sand of the seashore, or the stars in the sky, and that all the world would be blessed through Abraham. God didn't just bless Abraham just to, for Abraham to be blessed. Oh yeah, I'm blessed. Look at me. I'm just great. God's purposes in blessing Abraham was so that Abraham, through his descendants and through his seed, ultimately Jesus, The whole world would be blessed. When you think of the word "blessed," what's the first thing that pops into your head? You can say it out loud too. That's all right. What do you think the average person on the street would say if, if you said, or if they said, "They're blessed," or you said to them, "You're you're blessed"? What would what would you think they would what would pop into their heads? Satisfied? That's a really—that's a good. That would, that would, I would like if that would be what it would say, what somebody would say. Loved by God, that would be beautiful. But what do you think people would really say? <laughs> you don't know me very well. How would they define it? How would they describe it? Rich, yeah. Lucky, yeah. I might be. I won the lotto. Healthy, yeah. What if what it means to be blessed by God is simply for God to be with us through everything we go through? What if that's the heart of what God's blessing is to us? What if God's blessing should be, is defined primarily as his presence with us, his spirit in us, his willingness to walk with us regardless of what we go through in life? What about Jesus, the seed, and I don't want to get into Genesis, I have it down here, but... Kind of do, but I kind of don't get into Genesis 22, 16 through 18, which is what Hebrews is really talking about. But what if we Christians embraced the idea that God sent his son into the world as Emmanuel, the one who is with us, God with us, to walk with us through everything we experience so that some way, shape, and form we can be embraced. By, by God's joy, regardless of our circumstance. And I'm not talking about belly laughing through everything, right? I'm talking about finding peace and joy because we know God is with us in our circumstances regardless of how desperate our circumstances are. What if that's how we understood what it meant to be blessed? Do you think that would be good? How would that, in, how would that impact and maybe change your life? Somebody, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to earlier this week. I really wish I could remember because they're probably here and I don't want to embarrass them, but that's okay. Um, <coughs> oh, wait, I know who it is now. All right, doesn't matter. <laughs> we were talking about, I was Jenna, sorry. <laughs> we were talking about, well, I'll, I'll narrow the conversation down to my side. We. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <Almost. laughs> Go near the door and look at, <laughs> look at the response and run. <laughs> no, we were talking about like retirement and what we want to do in our retirements. And I was like, I'll never retire. <laughs> I like started pastoring too late and I just could never retire from this anyway. It's too life-giving. Um, I'll be like crotchety old man up here myself. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were talking about retirement and, and we were talking and in my mind, I was thinking about a, a, blessed, a blessed life. And uh, I'm going to embarrass myself now, so <laughs> I'm going to be mad at myself for telling this story, and I, uh, um, I said, you know, all I just I just want to grow old with my wife, and, and, then, and then she bust into laughter when I said the next part, which was, I, I just picture me in my old age, huddled up on a couch. Um, at peace with my wife, <laughs> now she remembers, um, half, half naked, huddled on a couch with my wife, right, like, and now <laughs> yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's used to it, so, <sighs> my, my, my point is, and it's really true, I remember telling um, a pastor that was doing premarital counseling for Kat and I that, and he's like, Really? So in your old age, you want to have nothing, but you just huddle up on a couch. I think actually I said on a floor um, to him. Um, he's like, really? That's really what? And, but I'm like, that's all that matters to me, right? I mean, we can throw a couple kids in there and stuff now, right? Our boys. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless like, 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 I don't, that would be to be blessed, to know, and that's what that nakedness has to do with, by the way. Um, it's not a, the sexual thing. It's a comfort thing. It's a, I'm okay, with my all my oldness <laughs> and flabbery <laughs> in my oldness with my wife. I know that I'm loved. I know I'm with her. I know she's with me. Life is good. I am blessed. Is there any greater peace that comes into your life when you just know you are loved just like you are? we have a God who sends His Son right into the world, rolls up His sleeves and comes to the least of these and says, I love you just like you are. I'm with you just like you are in your nakedness or your clothedness, (laughs) in your sorrow or in your joy. I am with you. I am with you. That what it means to be blessed so what then does that tell us about us blessing God and what does that tell us about us blessing others just think on that for a second what does that tell you about us blessing God and what does that tell you about us blessing others? Go out half naked. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe hug the half-naked, huddling, cold, homeless woman who comes in to a cold weather shelter. Not demanding anything, but just being there. I had the... I don't know, I guess it's the honor privilege of serving communion to a man this week who had not taken communion for, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing 20 plus years because he's been married for 18 years and the church he was at wouldn't serve him communion after his divorce. And so, um, I, we don't need to go into that. Um, and so... Um, he just hadn't taken communion. He hadn't really been to church much for 20-some years. And, and he died two days later. Um, after, there's nothing, he's 80 years old. He's dying of cancer. There isn't anything I could just, what do you do, right? Just being there. Just being present. Letting the person know they're loved. Letting the person know that Jesus loves them. That God loves them. That God is with them regardless of what the church has maybe tried to tell him and communicated to him by not serving him communion. Um, that's not true. God is with him. God wants him to be part of his community, part of his kingdom. And after, we, there were four of us there, we all shared communion together. It isn't right to not serve it to other Christians in the room, right? So he grabbed hold of my hand, this frail, barely able to talk, dying man and he would I was there for 20 minutes just having him squeeze my hand the guy had quite a grip for somebody who's in their last last few hours of life um and he, i don't know I, I don't know why i'm telling you the story other than just being there it wasn't words that had to be said or anything else it was just the presence of being there of him knowing that he was loved of him knowing that he had a Savior that died for him. powerful. I don't know what words he would use to describe it, but I certainly walked away feeling as though he was feeling blessed. Do you ever wait until you feel like doing something to do it? Most of us do. Most of us just wait around our most of our lives and wait until, I feel, as soon as I feel like doing something, then I'll do it. And I have to say that we're probably missing out on at least 50% of what God has for us to do. Because most times, the feeling comes after the action. Like, sometimes we don't feel like going and blessing somebody. We don't feel like going and being attentive to somebody else's needs because we don't think maybe we're being selfish. We don't think it's going to give us life or peace or joy. But lo and behold, we find out once we get there, oh my goodness, what would I have missed out on had I not done that? We have to learn to be obedient. This is what I was getting at earlier when I said sometimes you have to just do things and I don't want to actually say fake it. We don't want to really fake it. We want to be real. But sometimes we just need to learn to be obedient and watch God bless us as we are used to bless others. Maybe we're not feeling all that blessed or all that great about it in the moment, but we know we're supposed to do it. Golly, I'm going to put somebody else on the spot tonight. Brief moment of silence just to see you all squirm. (sighs) (laughs) I think it was three years ago. Three years ago, probably. A Thursday night, next door, we're serving dinner. These three guys walk in, and somebody walks over to me, and they said, you watch out for those three guys. They're trouble." Like yeah, <laughs> along with like eighty other people in the room, <laughs> and there's eighty one people here, and I'm first looking at you, anyway. <laughs> and I look over, and there's these three young guys sitting at a table, and uh, and I'm like, hmm, okay. I'm supposed to keep an eye on these fellows, so I'll go keep a really close eye on these fellows. And so I went over and I sat down right across from them, and I started engaging the three, and I remember a lot of details about each of these three guys' lives. One of those guys happens to be coming around here quite a bit lately and helping out quite a bit, and It's amazing how, though I might not have felt like it at the time, nor the person that told me to watch out for these three felt like it was a good thing for them to be around and for me to engage or any of us to engage in wanting to bless any of those three hoodlums. But though it's three years later, I've seen the fruit along the way anyway. His name is Rick, and I don't want to put Rick on the spot. But Rick has got a big smile on his face now, so he's not going to chase me out the door afterward either. Um, Hi, Rick. You never know what God is doing. You never know what a single conversation with somebody who might not be walking the greatest walk in their life at any given moment might do for somebody years down the road sitting and just listening to people sharing with people and we laughed and we goofed around in that initial conversation i don't know how much you remember that conversation but i remember it extremely well we goofed around we laughed we had fun it turns out this guy who you know puts on the tough guy persona um i haven't even had this conversation with him in much depth yet this is just like a guy with a big smile and a tender heart. He just needs to be encouraged. He needs to be, he needs to be loved, cared about, because he is loved and cared about. He is blessed. He's been a blessing to me this week, too. Showing up, working, helping out, helping take some of my load off of me, cleaning and taking care of things. So, you're blessed, brother. Know it. Live it. God is with you. All right? So who in this community, who in your life, who in your life might you say, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to spend time with them. I don't want to think about them. I don't want to waste my life for them. Who might fit into that category in your life? You ever had a situation like that where you see somebody across the room and you're like, oh, golly, I don't want to see that person. And then they come over to you and say something, you start laughing, and all of a sudden, boom, everything's different. Have you had that happen? Most of you are saying yes. I certainly have. Who is that person in your life? Who can you go to and bless? Maybe you don't feel like it, but you just know, because of God's call in your life to be a blessing, that you need to go and be present to them. You need to go and be with them. You need to go be a blessing by loving them. Who is that? I think that was you. It was me. It was me. remember, because I was, I, was I was a Christian hater when I first came. Oh, up. you were. We had so many, daughter. we have so many former Christian haters in this room, It's in this church. We do, right? because they used to all be crotchety jerks. Stand up, sit down. Sit down. Stand up, sit down. (laughs) Sorry. (sighs) I know I can't. I can't at all. Think, pray, and act. Think about who might be the person in your life that you don't really want to go and bless, but that you know God is calling you to go and bless. Pray that God gives you the strength, and regardless of whether or not you feel it, Go and do it. Be a blessing. Know you are a person that has been blessed by God. You are called then to, in return, bless God. And part of blessing God is blessing people. Blessing a world that maybe you would think doesn't even deserve it, but they do. Because God has died for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Praise you and thank you for your tremendous grace. Thank you that uh, that because we are a people that you have made in your image, there is something worthy of respect, something worthy of dignity, something worthy of love. Let us always be a people seeking to love others and to bless them, Lord God, with the blessing that you have given us. Help us, Lord God, to... Embrace this notion that what it means to be blessed is to have you present with us, bringing peace into our lives, bringing joy into our lives. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us. Thank you for your obedience to your Father's will. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you produce this fruit of joy in our lives. Thank you for these people out here tonight, Lord God. Thank you that you're with them. Thank you that you are working through everything that goes on in their lives. We love you and we praise you so much. Amen.